I'd like to uh, read to you today from the prophet Jeremiah. You may follow along there in your books, your Bibles. I'm reading from the ESV today as we start with chapter 18 and verse 1. This is what the prophet says. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, arise and go down to the potter's house. And there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his wheel. And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to do. Then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, Can I not do with you as this potter has done, declares the Lord? Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. If at any time I declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will pluck up and break down and destroy it, and if that nation concerning which I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of disaster that I intended to do to it. And if any time I declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will build and plant it, and if it does evil in my sight, not listening to my voice, then I will relent of the good that I intended to do to it. Now, therefore, say to the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am shaping disaster against you and devising a plan against you. Return every one from his evil way and amend your ways and your deeds. But they say, That is in vain. We will follow our own plans and will everyone act according to the stubbornness of his evil This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I was down at the potter's house yesterday. I didn't see any of you there. In fact, I haven't seen many people at all at the potter's house. Do you remember when it was a gathering place? A a place of fellowship for all of us. We gathered down there together and, and we would watch the potter mold and fashion that clay. Watch him do his craft. Oh, it was a gathering point for the entire community. People would just come and and watch the potter at work. You could stand there and watch what he fashioned and what he shaped with his hands and how he made so many wonderful things. Those were the good days. (laughs) The good days. Mm. Gathering at the potter's house and watching his craft, enjoying being together. The potter is still there, and he's still working with clay, but there are not many people there. Not many people go down there to visit anymore, and I blame it all on that Jeremiah character. Hmm. Ever since he started coming around, no one comes to visit the potter anymore. He calls himself a prophet. I call him a pain in the neck. He says God has appointed him as a spokesperson, that he picked him up as to be a prophet even before his birth. 
Yeah, sure, sure. Jeremiah is so special. What makes him so special? What qualifies him to be some type of prophet? Personally, I think he's rather young. I think he's kind of rough around the edges. But he's convinced he's a messenger from God, and he takes this messenger stuff pretty doggone seriously. I don't particularly care for his message. I'm tired of his message. It's filled with doom and gloom, death and destruction. You get tired of that after a while. You know, the only reason to have prophets is for them to tell you that everything is going to be all right. Right? Sure. You know, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. It's my theory. That's how I look at things. That's how a lot of people look at things. But Jeremiah, it's the same thing over and over and over again. He thinks God's out to get us. Did you hear the sermon the other day down at the temple? Well, some people call it a sermon. I call it a bunch of rubbish. He had the audacity to stand up in the temple. The temple that Solomon built some 300 years ago where we have our worship the audacity to stand up in front of the people and say we had to change our ways. That the temple alone wasn't enough to save us. I, I was shocked. The people were shocked. Most of them just shook their heads. They couldn't believe what he was saying. He told us that God found our worship heartless. That we were just going through the motions that we couldn't count on our sacrifices or our burnt offerings to save us. Do you believe that? Do you believe it? And he just wouldn't shut up. He just kept going on and on and on. Talked about stealing and murdering. Talked about committing adultery and swearing and lying and worshiping false idols or different gods. I'm surprised someone didn't grab Jeremiah and throw him outside the city gates. Oh, to hear him tell it, we're breaking every commandment left and right every day. Now, I've got to be honest with you. I know there's a little more violence in the community lately. There have been a few more killings. But mostly that's with the poor people. You know, they're poor. There's, there's not much we can do for them. And someone talked about the money changers and how they weight their scales just right and whether this wasn't lying or cheating. But let's be honest, it's been going on forever. I don't think anybody cares. In any way, I don't really think that's lying or cheating, do you? And committing adultery? <laughs> oh, I do know what adultery it is. And I don't condone adultery. But come on. Doesn't God have more important things to worry about? Anyway, how does being faithful to your spouse have anything to do with religion? I just don't get it. I don't get it. And then there's the worshiping of other gods. That's a big one for Jeremiah. He tells us it's a big one for God, too. And we're thankful to God. We're thankful for God. We, he brought us out of captivity. He brought us out of Egypt some 600 years ago, and we're thankful for that. We said thank you, but now we're in a new place. 
We're in a new location. We've got a new life to live. We've got to do some things like the cultures around us. Personally, I think it's just good business to lift up those fertility gods every once in a while. After all, they do bring the rain. They do make the crops grow. And we're dependent on those crops for our economy. So I think it's a good thing. Just seems like a good idea to keep all the gods happy, not just one. Is God really going to punish us for that? Is God going to punish us because we're trying to live our lives the best way we can? Trying to make the best of what we have and where we are? You know, we do worship God. You know that as well as I do. We go to the temple and we worship God. We perform the sacrifices. We give the burnt offerings. We perform all the religious duties that we're supposed to perform. I would think God's pretty happy with us. I mean, we're not perfect, but we're not really all that bad either, are we? So really, I just wish Jeremiah would shut up. Wish he'd stay away from the potter's house. No wonder people don't go down in there anymore. They, they can't stand there in silence and watch the potter do his craft. You have to go down there and watch him, and then you've got to hear a sermon on top of that. Now me, me, I still keep going down there. I'm mesmerized by the craft of the potter. I'm amazed at what he does with his hands and how he makes new and different things all the time. The infinite variety, the splendid beauty that comes out of his hands. Yesterday, I was down there. Uh, Jeremiah was there, but, but this time it was a little different because he was quiet. For some reason, he didn't say a word. We just stood there watching the potter work on his wheel, moving it around. It was amazing. I, I watched the intensity on his brow, his brow furrowed, his eyes lovingly using the clay, folding it with his hands, making it into a wonderful new vessel. And after a while, he, he finished that vessel, and he lifted it up, and for a moment there was a smile on his face, and then there was a frown, a frown of disappointment, as though the vessel hadn't turned out exactly how the potter thought it should turn out. There was a disappointment in the work in his hands, and he immediately folded it back up into a lump. The clay never left his hands. He continued to work on it. Matter of fact, he spread some water on the wheel and put it back down and started fashioning it again into something anew, something different. And I was amazed. I was mesmerized. And then Jeremiah broke the silence, always talking. He started to leave. And as he left, he whispered in my ear, pointing to the potter and saying, that's what God is like. And I said, what? He said, that's what God is like. God is like the potter. If we are flawed or spoiled or no good or broken, he takes us and fashions us into something new, something different, something even more beautiful. We are in God's hands, and we are simply the clay. Only God can shape our lives. Only God can add meaning to our lives. We can't do it ourselves. God is the potter, and we, we're the clay. Then he left. 
I looked at him for a while, and then I turned back to see what the potter was doing. Because as I've told you, I'm mesmerized by what he can do. And he was working on that lump of clay again, shaping it more into a bowl this time. Slowly but surely, it took place. It started to form, and then he stopped. There was a frown. A frown of disappointment, of, of frustration, of exasperation. And he lifted the lump of clay and threw it against the wall saying, No! Scared me to death. I've never heard the potter say more than three or four words. So I thought it was time to leave. I gathered my things and started to leave the potter's house. But as I left, I decided I would turn one last time just to check on the potter. Sure enough, I saw him kneeling by the wall. The wall upon which he had thrown that lump of clay which had slid down the wall. He was there at the base and he was picking it up. Picking it up with a tear in his eye. And then, then he took that lump of clay back over to the wheel and he sprinkled some water on the wheel. And he started to make it again. And his brow is furrowed and his eyes were gleaming with passion. And his hands moved, shaping it all over again with only the love that the potter knows. Broken, marred, spoiled, all of you vessels, you are never discarded. You are never thrown away. You are never left at the base of any wall. You are always remade into something new, something better, something even more beautiful because the potter always starts over again, shaping what was spoiled and broken into something new. God is working. God is working on the wheels of our life, making us always into something better. If you're honest, if you're honest with yourselves today, How many wonder whether God is even working in your life? And if he is, what in the world is he doing? Does he really care what's going on the inside of you? Does he? As you look around this sanctuary today, as you look into the eyes of your brothers and sisters in Christ, how many of them know the brokenness, the spoiledness, the bad inside each and every one of you. The potter does. The potter does. And he's willing to take you and to start all over again. Same lump of clay, just renewed with a new vessel in a new idea. Paul would tell us that we are God's masterpieces, renewed by Jesus Christ, so that we can go out and do the good things that God has planned for us since the beginning of time. God is the potter, and he is shaping us each into his masterpiece. 
even when he has to start again and again and again. Would you bow your heads with me, please?